uh, part of the theme, the general gist of this whole series has been the idea that we are a spirit, that we have a soul, and we, we live in a body, right? And we're talking about our body today, and good news is, is this right here, the title, we, we're going to get a new body. But before we go there, I want to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. Uh, I'm going to be reading from just a couple of verses. And if you're interested in a Bible today, all right, uh, we're going to be reading from like First and Second Corinthians mostly. As you might suspect, those two books are adjacent to each other. Yeah, Donna's here to pass out some Bibles. I've already got them bookmarked for you if, you're, if you want to follow along. Some of the main texts that I'm reading from, right, they're a little bit longer, so I didn't put them up on the screen. I wanted us to kind of be able to read along, follow along, just because there's a lot to go on to see it up on the screen. But, but here we go in Genesis. I want you to think about like the original man, the first man, the first guy God ever made, right? You might remember his name is Adam. And the first man, you might not have realized this, but he's not around anymore, all right? He, he didn't last, okay? Let's, let's read what this says. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth, all right? You might remember Cain and Abel, they had some spat. This Seth was like later on. And then the days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had fathered other sons and daughters, right? So the dude lived quite some time, right? Older, older than we get to live right now. Uh, and it says, thus all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. The first man that God ever made, right, who was made in the image of God, died. That the first man's life ended and our lives likewise too will end on this earth. We won't always continue on like this. I don't know if you've realized this, but your body is getting older. All of us are getting older, right? These bodies aren't made to last, all right? We get a, a few good years. If you're doing 930, you're doing really good. Uh, at the, on the bonus content on the back, I believe 120 is kind of the best that we can get these days. That's, God actually has a verse where he specified 120 years is about as old as we get. And, uh, and, but the idea is that our lives are temporary on this earth. Our bodies do not last. Right? And part of that was because of right, Adam, just like he had Seth born in his image, in his likeness, Adam passed on certain traits, uh, traits to the rest of us. Right? One of those things is sin nature, right? that we have a natural tendency to rebel against God and his good law, which is good for us. Right? It's not like just he's like making rules. It's the laws that he made were good for us. Right? So we have this tendency to rebel against God, and as a result of sin, the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Death is a consequence of our sin, right? So that's something that we inherited from Adam, right? It's been passed down the lines ever since. And so we, too, have these temporal bodies, right? These uh, eventually come to an ending. Like our life, the Bible says, is like a vapor, right? Just, it's there and then just vanishes, right? It's like grass that withers and fades, right? That's, our, our lives are not that long, especially in comparison to eternity, right? Uh, I used to be a mathematician, right? And so that's what I'd point out is that even if you had 930 years, compare 930 to infinity, and it is equivalent to zero. Essentially, it's zero compared to infinity, right? So our lives on this earth are temporary. Some good news. In 1 Corinthians 15, 22, I've got it up on the screen. It says, for as in Adam all die." Right? All of us are similar to him in the sense that our lives are temporary. In him, in our human nature, all of us die. But here's some really good news. So also in Christ, those of us who belong to Christ, those of us who are found in him, 
right? Those of us who have experienced salvation and, and that new creation that we were singing about earlier, right? Those of us who've experienced that new birth spiritually being brought to life, right? That in Christ also shall all be made alive, right? So that's, that's really good news for us, right? Uh, so like Adam, we will die, but like Christ, if we're found in him, we shall be made alive, right? So that's, that's really cool, really cool stuff. So I want you guys to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, all right? I think it's the one that's bookmarked. We're going to pick it up there, and just so you know, Paul, when he wrote letters, or actually the whole Bible, was not written in chapters. That stuff was added like hundreds of years later just for the convenience of finding things. It's like an address, okay? So we're going to pick up at the end of chapter 4 and read right through a good bit of chapter 5. And uh, so you can follow along, 2 Corinthians four sixteen, and it says, So we do not lose heart, suggesting that there may be the tendency, the proclivity to lose heart at certain situations. But we have this hope, okay? We don't lose heart. Here's the bad news. Here's why you might lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away. I don't know if you've realized that. Like, you know, you don't look the same like you used to. Your outer self, our bodies are, are wasting away. But here's the good news. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. Okay, so our bodies are falling apart, but our spirit man or our spirit woman is being made new every day, right? Being brought to even more and more life. God is refining us. God is making us us more and more like him, right? That on the inside, something that is unseen, right? I might, right, be getting older as I preach the rest of my life, but on the inside, I'm getting more and more like God. The eternal part of me is becoming more and more new, okay? Even though the rest of me will be wasting Away. Verse 17, it says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Okay? As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. That's kind of hard to figure out. How do you look at something that's unseen? Right? How do you do that? Right? But, but keep reading. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the thing that we look at, the thing that we motivate our life off of, the things that uh, help us determine our decisions are the things that are not seen by other people. We look to the things that are eternal and unseen to us, okay? The the way we make our decisions, the way we uh, base our whole lives, right, is on the unseen and eternal. Whereas the Bible here says that the things that are seen are temporary. They They don't last forever. So it would actually be foolish for me to invest all of my effort in the things that are seen, right? I don't, want to, I don't want to put all of my investment, like, you know, like if I have money to invest, I'm not going to invest it in like a bunch of candy bars, right, for my retirement, right? Like that's not going to last. Like that's not a very good investment over the long haul, right? Like they'll get melty in your pocket. Like I'm not going to be able to do anything with that 35 years from now, right? So likewise, I shouldn't invest all of my energy and effort in something that is going to pass away. Right? Something that is temporary, okay? So that's the idea. Go to the next chapter, right? So you're prob- it's probably right on the same page. It's the very next verse. Uh, it says, 2 Corinthians 5, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. So Paul is not talking about his tent that, like, you know, he lives in a refugee camp or something. Right? He's not talking about, I went camping and a bear came and shredded my tent. Like, oh man, that's too bad. Like, no, no, no. He's talking about our bodies are like a tent. 
That's the, that's the analogy. That's the big idea. That our bodies, we live in them now, but that's not who we are. Right? My body is, is where I'm dwelling right now as my spirit. My spirit man lives in this body, but this body is not who I am. This is where I temporarily live in. And it's a tent. You're not supposed to live in a tent forever. A tent is a temporary structure, right? Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, you nudging her about her teepee she got set up this week? Come on now. This, she, she could be excited. Yeah, maybe you could. I know, I know. But anyways, right, so a tent is supposed to be a temporary structure or shelter. And I actually read, uh, I don't, are, the, uh, are the verses working up on the screen today? Can you put a picture of that tent up on the screen? I don't know if it's working here. Yeah, there we go. I read this story today about, uh, or uh, this week rather, about the North Pond Hermit, this guy who up in Maine lived in this for 27 years. He just disappeared out into the woods in 1986 and like then was arrested in 2013 because he was like, he got all his food by robbing from cabins and stuff, right? So, so he was investing all of his effort in this structure that, I mean, like, I like camping. I love camping. But 27 years? Like, you're not supposed to live in that for 27 years, right? And like, I feel bad for the guy because he loved that life and he can't do that anymore. He got arrested or whatever. But, but the idea is like, sometimes the way we live... We invest in our lives, our temporary lives, like this is the life. This is, I've got to get my life together, right? This is what I'm investing all of my energy in. And like, this is what God kind of sees. Like, listen, like this isn't supposed to last forever. You're not supposed to like camp out in this body for like your 80, 90 years. And then that's it. Like, that's not the life that you're investing in. This is a temporary place that you're supposed to live in. Like, I've got a better home for you, right? I've got a better place for you to live in. Right? So sometimes we can just get like, caught up in the temporary, where all of our energy, all of our effort, it's, it's like we're trying to make a living out of this temporary structure. Right? Like I'm not supposed to like, invest all of my thoughts, all of my motivation in this temporary life that I have. <coughs> and the, the contrast is that, that we have a new home, a new building, right? not a tent, a permanent home, that we get to live in, that's, that's built by God, that is eternal and is in the heavens, right? So, so we shouldn't uh, focus or invest in these temporary things. We should be focused on the eternal. We should be focused on the glory that is yet to be revealed in us. Let's keep reading. Verse 2. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that that which is mortal may be swallowed up by life. So the idea is that as believers, we should have a a degree of, of dissatisfaction with our current lives. Not that we shouldn't be content, not that we shouldn't be thankful to God for the life that he's given us, but we should be dissatisfied because we shouldn't be living out this life as though this is it, as though this is the life to which I've got to squeeze all of my enjoyment out of this life. This time on this earth is it. That's all I get, right? I don't need to live as though that's the case, where in fact, as believers, we're, we're unsettled. We're unsatisfied. We want to be in our home. Right? That's where we want to be. Right? So, like, as your body's, you know, wasting away, as it said in the earlier verses, like, 
We're focused on our next home. I'm not, I'm not going to be so concerned about this body, right? To a degree, I should, right? Be careful with what I eat. I should exercise, right? And Timothy, I've got that on the bonus content. Like, some exercise is good, but godliness, practicing godliness is, is valuable both in this life and the one to come, right? So, like, it's okay to exercise. It's okay to take care of yourself, but don't focus so much on that. So, but while we're in these bodies, we, we groan. We're dissatisfied because these bodies experience death. These bodies experience fatigue. They're weak. Our bodies have sinful tendencies, right? Our bodies uh, experience sickness, right? Like, like this is something that, that we're dissatisfied. We long for the better. So think about like, right, like if you've ever been camping in a tent and maybe it's like three in the morning and you can't sleep because the ground is hard, like there's rocks in your back or whatever, and like you can't sleep and it's pouring rain and, you know, you're just soaking wet. Like in three in the morning, like you're just like, I wish I could just sleep until sunrise. Like, why can't I fall asleep? And you just wish that you were back in your warm, dry home with your pillow in your bed, right? Like, have you ever been in that spot, right, where you're just like, oh my goodness, why are we, why are we even on this trip? This is terrible, right? And I know camping is still awesome, all right? I love camping, right? But, but there's that time that at least at 3 a.m., you might not like camping in that moment, right? That, that you're just like, I'm, uh, it's, it's that type of groan that Paul is talking about, like, oh, my back, right? Like, I wish I was at home. And that's the type of groan that we have for our next life, for our new home. And that's not to say that we're, it's not to say that we're suicidal, all right? We're, we're not a suicide cult, I know that's not posted on the website in terms of, like, our beliefs. I'd, I probably should mention, like, we're not a suicide cult. Uh, so just so you know, all right? I, that should be an upfront thing, I say. I'm, I don't know. But, but we're not, we're, we're not like, like, I can't wait to die, right? Uh, we're not going to f- speed that process up. But we're looking forward to the next life. Yes. And a degree of that is good and healthy, right? That it's, it's good to look forward to that next life. It's not that we don't want, you know, it's, it's not that we want to die. We don't, it's not that we want death. It's that we want to be further clothed in life, right? That we want our mortal life to be just swallowed up, enveloped with more life. The way Jesus put it in John 10, 10, I believe he said, right, that I came to give you life and give it more abundantly, right? Better than life that, than you can think of. Right? The, the best life that you can imagine is, is no, 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 it's more than that. Right? It's more abundant than you can ask or think. Right? It's that, that sort of thing. Right? So, so that's what we desire for. It's, it's okay to be more excited about the next life, and in fact, we should be. Okay? So, so that's the idea. It's not that we're like, you know, you know I'm going to jump out in front of the next car so I can go to heaven. Like, no, no, no. Like, that's not, that's not what we're doing. Okay? Uh, verse 5. <coughs> He who has prepared us for this thing, right? He who's got this new body for us is God who has given us the spirit as a guarantee. All right, God, uh, some, elsewhere in the Bible, it says that the Holy Spirit is like a down payment on our salvation. All right, that, that yes, we are saved right now, but there's also like a present tense of salvation where we're experiencing sanctification, right? We're becoming more and more like Jesus, And then there's this future tense of salvation, this future glorification where I get the new body that he's already paid for, right? That he's already got in line for me and the promise is guaranteed to me because he's given me the Holy Spirit, 
right? That the Holy Spirit is, is, is fact, hard truth, reliable, right? That I know I'm getting this new body, right? That you know you're getting this new body, right? So this isn't just like, wouldn't it be great if we had bodies that didn't get sick, right? This isn't just like some hopeful, wishful, like empty, kind words. This is a certainty, Right? This is something that we can rely on. The Holy Spirit within us bears witness that we are children of God. Right? That, that this, this Spirit is evidence to us that we know this is going to happen. Right? We can rely on this. We can bank on this. Next verse, verse 6. It says, so we are always of good courage. You're not going to live your life in good courage all the time if you're focused on the temporary. Right? That's probably not how you would describe your life if you're, if you're you know, always fretting and worried about your situation, your bills, whatever you're going through, right? But, but even if you're going through a, a season of sickness or you see like, man, it looks like my death isn't far away, you can still be of good courage because you're looking at the eternal, right? Because of this certainty, you can have joy in the midst of suffering, right? So let's see. So, so we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, Right? Not that he isn't with us, not that he, right? Jesus said that, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, right? Jesus is with us, but we know that right now, it's not like I see him. I'm not with him in heaven. So while I'm at home in this body, I'm, I'm to a degree away from my Lord, to some degree, right? But check this next part out. It says, uh, where are we? We know that while we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body to be at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Right? Other translations talk about this saying that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Okay? That's, that's the big idea here. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. How can I be absent from my body if my body is me? I, I can't be, right? right? The body is not who I am, right? Your body is not who you are, right? So when my life ends and you might see this body, that's not where I am. I'm not there anymore. The moment we leave this body, we are present with the Lord, Right, that, that's, that's like awesome. That's really good news, right? I, I like to know that. That's, that's great to think about. Although it's possible that that could almost feel like, that might feel like bad news to some people. Right, that might be like, wait a minute, like I like this life. I want this life to last forever. And me being present with the Lord, right, having my life fully exposed before this holy God, like that, that could be a terrifying thing to experience. Hebrews 10, I think it says, says that it's a, a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God, right? Like if, if I have to answer to him and give an account for everything I've ever done, that would be a dreadful thing. Like I'd be like, I want to stay away from that guy, right? Like he's holy, he's just, he's righteous, he's a judge, right? Like I would be like, I'm going to try to stay away from that as long as possible. But, but once you have this certainty that, right, you've been adopted into his family, that's a joy to look forward to be in his presence, Right? That's something that we get to, to look forward to. Right? And, and as a result of this certainty, right? as a result of looking at the eternal, it says that our aim is to please him. Whether we are right, at home in the body or at home with the Lord. Wherever we are, it's like, hey, 
My goal is different, right? That he's, his, his joy, his glory is the thing that we are aiming for. Does that mean I'm always successful? No, but that's at least the thing I was aiming my target at, right? Like that's what I'm shooting for, right? That's what I'm, I'm hoping to do, right? That we are completely different in our motivation because of the experience, the transformation that's taken place, right? Because he's demonstrated his just unfathomable love for us in his death on the cross, right? He loved us that much that he did that. It's like, man, like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to live for him. I'm willing to do, do my life, live my life out for him. Let's see, verse 10. <coughs> this is where this might be a, a dreadful thing for some of us. Uh, it says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Right? Like that would be terrifying if I did not have Jesus. Right? Like if I had to pay for my sins, like that would be terrifying. Right? Like I would not want that to be the situation. But the good news is that like he's paid the debt for your sin and mine, right? So it's not that like we can somehow be good enough to earn his, right, pleasure, to to earn his favor, but that in him we can be completely forgiven and we don't have to fear that judgment seat. So, okay, so, so we live in a tent now. We have a more permanent home later when we're in heaven. What will our new bodies be like, right? Am, am I going to be like a fat little like cloud angel? Like, no, all right? Like, that's not what my new body is going to look like in heaven, all right? Flip over to 1 Corinthians 15. It's like a couple pages back from where you are. Uh, it's page 693 in the, the blue Bible, if you happen to have that one from, from here. And uh, we're going to pick it up at verse 35. And we're just going to talk about what are these new bodies going to look like. Because the good news is that they aren't uh, disposable and temporary like the ones we have right now. Okay? Like, we get a new body that's better than our current body. Like, I don't want to just, like, be reincarnated and, like, oh, i got to do this again. Or, like, I, I get another body that gets tired and sick and fatigued and has sin nature. Like, I don't want that, right? But the new body we get is, is way better. Let's see, verse 35. And uh, I, I guess I'll clarify for a minute. Paul is writing a letter to a church where they ask him a bunch of questions, right? Like, like, I don't know if you've ever been on like the website, Reddit, there's like AMAs, ask me anything, right? Like Paul got a whole bunch of like questions asked him and he's like responding. And there was a series of people who didn't believe in the resurrection of the dead. They didn't believe that there was somehow like life after this, okay? Uh, And so he's correcting their wrong thinking and he's got a series of arguments before this, but this is where he picks it up. He says, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? Right? If there's resurrection of the dead, what's that body look like? Right? What about people that have like, you know, died thousands of years ago and their body's completely decayed? What, what does their body look like? Right? What, if, what if I died in war? Right? What, if, what if my body was cremated? Can that, can that body be raised? The answer is yes. Right? God's able to make a new body. He made us the first time. He made all of the universe out of nothing. Right? And like, I mean, possibly a glimpse into how he could recreate a body is, right, DNA, the code is all there. He's just like, oh, let's get another one of these. Right? And, and anyway, your, your body is new every seven years as it is, as your cells die and duplicate. Right? So, so it's not hard for God to make a new body. Just so you don't have to worry about your aunt or grandma that maybe like was cremated. Like, God can resurrect that body. Like, it's not hard for him. All right? So, so here we go. 
Uh, he says, how foolish. He's talking about the, the logic of them not believing in the raising of the dead. Uh, what you sow or what you plant does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or something else. So he's sowing is the idea of planting. I don't know if you guys are farmers out here or not. Uh, right? When you plant a seed, it doesn't become a seed out of the ground. Right? The, the form that you plant in the ground is different than the form that it comes out of the ground, is what he's saying, okay? But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind, he gives its own body. Skipping down to verse 42, all right? So will it be at the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown, all right, the body that's planted like that seed is perishable, Right, think about your groceries, your perishables. You've got to get them in the, in the fridge, right? It doesn't last. It's temporary. The body that is planted, the body that dies is temporary. But the body uh, that is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power, okay? It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Okay, so there's like four words he used to describe it. So first idea, our old bodies wear out and they die. They are perishable. They don't last. Our new bodies are imperishable. They will not decay. They will not decompose. They will not get sick, right? No disassemble, no dead. They will last forever, right? This is like a really good deal. We're getting new bodies, right? And they're not just like a remake of the old one. They're better. They will be eternal. So they're designed to live forever. The next thing he said is that our current bodies are dishonorable, right? That, that they, are, they are shameful in their sinful tendencies, right? That our current bodies aren't fully glorifying to God, right? That they, that they can be sick, right? That they, they don't give full glory to God. They don't fulfill his best will for our lives, right? Because, right, in heaven there's no sickness, there's no pain, there's no death, Right? And our current bodies aren't able to do that quite the best. Right? So, so our, our, our current bodies are dishonorable, but our new bodies will be glorified. Right? That word, maybe you're like confused by that. They, they will be made completely new. All right? They will be fully glorifying to God. All right? That they won't be shameful and dishonorable. They will give God full glory. In fact, the the term that we see in, in the book of Romans chapter 8, I've got it on the bonus content, is, is glorification. All right, that, that, that Jesus will glorify our bodies. Okay, glorification is the word, the theological term that they use to describe this raising of the dead. Okay, the process to which we get these new bodies. That's what, that's what they will be glorified means. It says our old bodies, right, are weak. And that's not just to say that they, they have fatigue, all right? That, that they're not, you know, extremely powerful, right? That's not to say that, although they are, but also, as Jesus pointed out to Peter, right, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus is like, hey, guys, I've got to go pray. It was the night before he was going to die. He's like, could you stay awake and pray with me? And his disciples kept falling asleep. And what he tells them is, listen, like, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak, Right? Your flesh, your body can't keep up with what your spirit wants to do. Right? So our, our, our flesh is weak. Our bodies currently are weak also in the sense of their sinful nature. Right? That they, they don't always, they're not in agreement with God. We talked about that a few weeks ago in 
Galatians 5, that the, the flesh is always at war and contrary to the spirit, right? That they, there's, there's disagreement between those two things. But our new bodies will be raised powerful, right? Where we'll actually be able to do the things that we want to do. That sounds really, really good. Uh, and then lastly, it said our current bodies are natural, but our new bodies are spiritual. That's not to say that they won't have physical form, all right? That's not to say that in any way, but they, they are spiritual in the sense that they'll be in full agreement with our spirits. And if you've ever worried like, okay, so like I get to heaven, but what happens if I sin in heaven? Like, do I get kicked out? Like, can that happen? And we don't have to worry about that, okay? Because our new bodies, like I said, will be fully in agreement with our spirits, which already want to do the good and the right thing. All right, right now we're not able to do the right thing all the time because our flesh, our bodies are at war with our spirits. So in heaven, it's not like, you know, be like, oh man, like what if I get in pride? Or like, what if I lust in heaven and then God kicks me out forever? Like, we don't have to worry about that because our bodies will be in agreement with our spirits. And this is perhaps like some, some of the really cool news is our new bodies will be like Jesus's resurrected body. All right, that's, that's like really cool. Uh, we read this, I've got this verse up on the screen so you don't have to turn there. First John 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. Right, you might be like, I saw this person before they were a Christian, I saw them after they looked the same. That's because what, what's happened is a change that is unseen, okay? Right, that the change that happened is spiritual, all right, and what we will be when you finally see that physical change that's not yet happened, all right? That has not yet appeared, but check this out. We know that when he, Jesus, appears, we shall be like him. It's a good deal because we shall see him as he is, right? So our new bodies will be like Jesus, all right? If you don't buy that just yet, uh, Philippians 3.20, up on the screen, it says that, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, right? That we get to be like Jesus by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself, right? So our new bodies will be like Jesus's resurrected, glorified body. Not that we somehow like become God, Okay, but we get, we get bodies like him. Think, think about this. Jesus was incarnated. He became a man, right? He, he walked in the flesh. He had a body like you and I in order to save us, right? That Jesus became like us in order to save us. And through that salvation, we get to become like him. All right, so that's, that's the idea. And, and if you want to think about what was Jesus' resurrected body like, if you want a glimpse at what that means, like, it could do things that our current bodies can't, okay? Like, Jesus was able to just kind of, like, appear places, apparently. Like, I don't know if he's, like, teleporting. I don't know. I've, I, I don't know. The, the way the Bible describes it, that's what it looks like, where he could just, like, kind of appear places. It appeared to, uh, it, it also seemed as though he could just kind of, like, walk through walls, maybe. Like, the disciples were all in a locked room hiding because they were scared of, like, being persecuted because they believed in Jesus. And, like, he just, like, like shows up in their locked room, like, hey, how you guys doing? Right, like I'm hanging out. And, and so, so he could do things that our current bodies can't, but good news, all right, uh, Jesus still ate food with his new body. 
right? So we get to still eat food when we're in heaven, right? That's exciting, right? Uh, so, so it's not like we'll just be like, you know, hanging out, like doing weird spiritual things. Uh, no, no, no. Like our new bodies are still recognizable. They still have form, all right? Uh, Jesus' new body, he had borne some of the marks from his crucifixion, right? That we, he talked to Thomas, right? He's like, I'm not going to believe Jesus raised, was raised from the dead until I can like see the wounds in his hand and, and see the spear hole in his side, right? right? That, that Jesus' new body still had form that was similar, okay, to his old body, right? He was recognizable, okay, is the, is the idea. So, so there is that. So, okay, when do we get our new bodies, all right, I've got a sign-up sheet in the back. Next Sunday, you come back. No, that's not how it works, right? Our new bodies are not for this life. All right, our new bodies are for later. Uh, it happens at the last day is one way the Bible talks about it. It happens at the resurrection of the dead, right? Jesus put it this way in John chapter 640. He says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. Or just so you know, these new bodies, eternity in heaven, uh, isn't just an across-the-board for everyone thing. There is, in case you're wondering, like, how does that happen? That's, it spells it out there, all right? Jesus said it. Uh, and he says, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Okay, so Jesus is going to give us our new body on the last day. He's the one that'll transform it, our lowly body, into right? A glorious body like his own, right? And Jesus is the one to do that. And, and just in case you're wondering, like I said, uh, right, if uh, you wanted to know how to make this happen, right? Like this one simple trick to get the body that you always wanted, uh, Jesus gave it right there. He says, right, you just have to behold the Son and believe in him and have eternal life, right? So maybe you've encountered Jesus before. Maybe you've heard about him, but beholding him or seeing him or knowing about him is not the thing that gives you eternal life, right? It's, it's the believes in him part that does that, okay? So it's just a matter of believing in Jesus for the salvation that he offered, right? And it goes beyond that, not just believing in God, right? But believing what God says, right? That he is who he is, right? So that's, that's the idea. That's how you can experience that eternal life. Let's see, last passage that I want to read uh, is in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 47 this time. So skip down a few verses from where you are. Feel free to read like this whole chapter later on your own time if you'd like. <coughs> and, uh, and this talks a little bit about this, this transformation when it occurs and what this looks like. Okay, this is 1 Corinthians 15. It says, the first man, who was the first man? You guys remember? Adam, right? We were paying attention earlier. That's good. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. Okay. The second man is from heaven. Who do you think the second man is? Exactly, Jesus, right? He was from heaven, right? There we go. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. We've got to learn things. That's good. That's good. Right? The second man is referring to Jesus, all right? And he is from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are of dust, right? We have certain traits and characteristics similar to Adam. No thanks, Adam. I didn't, I didn't want those, but we got them, right? We're... We're temporary, we die, and we're sinful, right? Uh, so we have those characteristics. And as is the man of heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. Now, who is of heaven? That's, that's any of us who have become citizens of heaven, like it mentioned earlier, right? I just skipped over that point, that the moment you believe your citizenship is in heaven, you're, right, 
address is no longer one that belongs on this earth, right? That your citizenship is in heaven. And, and the moment you are, right, you're, you're of heaven, and so we are also like the second man. Verse 49, just as we have been born of the image of the man of dust, right? This whole series, in his image. That's not the image that I wanted, right? I didn't want to be born in the image of Adam, but we all have been, all right? And not that we can just like, you know, blame shift on, onto him because we are still all accountable for the sins that we've done. It's not like he's somehow forced us to do all of those things. But check this, we shall also bear the image of the man of heaven, that we get to be like Jesus. Let's see, let's have the, uh, as I keep reading, let's have the worship team come back up. He says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, right? Getting to heaven cannot happen based off of your own effort, your own strength, your own attempt to be good enough, okay? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the perishable. Now check this out, verse 51, behold, I tell you a mystery. Now when the Bible says mystery, it's not talking about like Sherlock Holmes, like look for some clues here and figure it out. It's talking about a secret, right? Some previously unknown information. That's what it's talking about, right? So I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. The Bible, when it says sleep sometimes, is like, that's like the PG version of death, okay? Like Jesus even was like, oh, Lazarus, uh, Lazarus is sleeping. I'm going to go wake him up. And his disciples are like, well, if he's sleeping, like he'll wake up on his own. And he's like, Lazarus is dead, guys. That's what I was trying to say, right? right? So like when the Bible says sleep, that's what it means sometimes, okay? Uh, so we shall not all sleep. What's that mean? That means not every one of us is going to die. As far as I know, a lot of people, every human on the earth has pretty much died up to this point, okay? Right? There, there's a handful in the Bible that haven't, okay? But, uh, but there will be a generation that doesn't die. I, that would be like a good deal if that's us. Like, Jesus, can we like, could that be us? Like, you can come back right now. Like, we could just like, like, if you want to just come back right now, Jesus, rapture your church, your believers. Like, I'm fine if you interrupt this gathering. Like, my, my agenda doesn't matter that much. You can just come back anytime, Jesus. But, uh, but this is what he says. We shall not all sleep. Some of us do. Some of us don't. But what's this? But we shall all be changed. Believers that have already passed away will experience this change. The church that is here when Jesus returns for his church, they will also be changed. And check this. In a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. Right? We get, we get this new body. This sounds like a really good deal. Uh, and when it says the twinkling of an eye, notice it doesn't say the blink of an eye. It's, it's even shorter than that, okay? So it's, it's fast. You don't have time to be like, oh, uh, uh, Jesus, I repent, right? Like you don't have like an opportunity to like do like a last minute thing. But just in case, if like if most of us like disappeared out of here all of a sudden and you were left, uh, you still could be saved, all right? You still can like repent to God right then. It, like he still makes a way available to you. Although, if you read the book of Revelation, like, the next seven years might be really tough. Um, but, but don't worry, you still get, like, eternity in heaven, so it's good, it's good. Uh, but here we go, let's, let's keep reading. Uh, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable. This mortal must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on, the immort- on immortality... Uh, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, he's quoting from the Old Testament, death is swallowed up in victory. Okay? 
And then he says this, Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? Right? Like, we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be concerned with that. In fact, the Bible elsewhere says that death is the last enemy to be defeated. But death for you and I as believers will do us the friendly favor of welcoming us into eternity. Right? Like, although death is an enemy, right? Death was not part of God's best plan. That was a result of our sin. But death for us, we don't have to be afraid of it having any victory. It's got none. Right? Jesus is the victory. Right? Verse 56. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Right? So that's, that's the solution. That's the answer right there. Jesus is the one that makes victory possible, right? Where we don't have to be afraid of death. We don't have to be afraid of the consequences of sin, that we are free from it. We are dead to our old way of life and that we've been made new creations on the inside. And it's as simple as just believing in Jesus, right? That's, that's all he said, right? It's that simple. And the good news is that even though our bodies are getting old, right, that they're withering, right, that we get these new bodies and we have the promise of the Spirit to guarantee that that will happen. All right, let's, let's pray as a church before we go into these last couple songs. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for all that you've done. I thank you for giving us your word, revealing your heart to us, revealing your love for us. I thank you that you've sent your son, Jesus, to the earth, that he walked like one of us, that he was the second man, that he was the second person to, to have a clean slate before you, God. And instead of like Adam messing it up and screwing it up for all of us, he made it right and made righteousness available for all of us. And so, Lord, I ask that you would just be glorified in us, that, Lord, we thank you for the new bodies that you've given us in the future, that, that we get to look forward to that and we can look forward to that with certainty. And I pray that you would help us to make it our aim while we are on this earth, living this temporary life, Make it our aim to please you, God. Whether, whether we are at home in the body or, or at home with you, God, it will be our eternal joy to bring you glory. And Lord, I thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.